Hi team, welcome back to Becoming a Doctor. I'm Kira, a third year medical student at the University of Birmingham. And I'm Lucy, a second year medical student at the University of Cambridge. Welcome back to our podcast series where we bring you honest insights about life as a medical student, discuss current affairs and talk to guests to inform and motivate you on your journey to becoming a doctor. Welcome to our Open Pod mini-series where we interview medical students from all different medical schools. We'll pick their brains and ask all the important questions you would have asked on an open day. There's an awful lot to consider when choosing your medical school, but don't worry, we break it down with our wonderful guests to help you make the most informed decision possible. So don't let a global pandemic get in the way of choosing the medical school that's right for you. So even if you're not in year 12, now is the best time to start prioritising what you want in your medical school. You'll be there for five or six years and you're definitely going to want to enjoy it. So make sure you think about location, the type of course, clinical contact and intercalation. And these are all things we're going to discuss with our guests in each of our open pod episodes. Before we jump into this episode, make sure to subscribe to our podcast. Follow us on social media at how to become a doctor with Dr. Svelte DR, where we'll be posting behind the scenes, doing live Q&As and much more. Hi everyone and welcome back to the podcast. Today we are joined by the one and only Kira, who's going to be telling us all about the University of Birmingham. So Kira, maybe just introduce yourself again, I don't know. Well, I should hope you're all familiar with my voice and know me a little bit by now, but my name's Kira. I'm a now fourth year medical student at the University of Birmingham and yeah I'm just going to chit chat all about Birmingham, life at Birmingham. Amazing, well let's jump straight into the deep end and ask you how is the course delivered at Birmingham? So Birmingham is generally considered to be a traditional course so uh, quite a lot of lectures compared to more interactive um, smaller group sessions but we still get a little bit of both. So generally in first and second year it's very much the preclinical clinical divide and first and second year you're mainly based at the university with a couple of interactions with patients which I can discuss later on but if we talk about how the kind of core knowledge is taught and delivered so in first and second year it's mainly focusing on the the physiology like so how things work normally and then you kind of add on how things work when they're wrong so that's the pathophysiology and all throughout that you've got anatomy dotted in we have some ethical principles, laws, and more of the sociology, psychology kind of things. It was some of the most interesting bits we were taught, and you think about how it kind of explains a lot of the behaviours, um, whereas the other stuff is more science heavy. So on an average week, you'd have quite a lot of lectures. So I, when people ask me what it's like to study medicine, I kind of say, imagine it's a nine till five job that you don't get paid for and you're paid to do. <laughs> because basically we like I find myself at the uni from nine till six pretty much every single day apart from maybe Wednesdays because we tended to finish we had a half year on Wednesdays um to get in for nine I, I even got in for like half eight and did a bit of pre-reading or printing and if you had worksheets to do and throughout the day you'd probably have at least on average an hour and a half two hours breaks but the rest of it is solid so either in lectures you're in smaller group tutorials or you're doing anatomy sessions. Some days I had lectures from nine till five and they genuinely couldn't even schedule a lunch break. And we were like, I think there's something wrong with the time table here. We don't have lunch. And they were like, I'm sorry. And they, they did switch it around for us. But normally it's not uncommon to have like three lectures in a row in the morning, have lunch break, have maybe one small group tutorial and then three more lectures in the evening. Again, it fluctuates week on week. So you don't have a set timetable which if you like routine maybe that's not for you but 
I kind of like the variety. Yeah, I mean, people say that Cambridge is a really lecture-heavy course and very traditional, but the most lectures we had in a day was three, so... Really? Yeah. Yeah, we could have, like, seven in a day. Oh, my goodness. I survived. Everyone survives, and, you know, it's it's good for some type of people. I think I, I managed the first two years, but if it was another year of it, I think I would have struggled, yeah. purely because it, it does take a lot of energy out of you. You might think, actually, it's not that hard to concentrate, but... Well, how I learned from lectures was I didn't just learn from sitting in them. Mm-hmm. Uh, it took me a few weeks at the start to work this out, but I learned best by pre-writing up the notes. So I used to take the PowerPoints and write like notes on them. And then when I was in there, I'd annotate those notes. And then the afternoon of, if I had capacity, I would maybe go over it again. But generally I had, especially when you have so many in a day, all I could do was pre-prepare, sit in the lecture and take as much as I could. And then the consolidation happened later often just because otherwise it's hard to catch up when you fall behind. Yeah, I've found that three-part revision method really helpful. So pre-reading, then going to the lecture, and then at some point down the line, revising it all again. So yeah, you mentioned that you have lectures and then dotted around you have anatomy. Is that taught in systems then? So if you would you have lectures about the physiology of the heart and then also have anatomy of the heart, or what would happen? Yeah. So on each day of the week, we had a different module. So how it's set up, we have two semesters. So we have from September to December, that's semester one. And then from January to April time, that's semester two. And in each semester, you have four science modules and then one topic. So it might be like people, populations. Mm. So we had those on a Wednesday, but otherwise, so on a Monday, we might have NAS, which was neurons and synapses. So we'd have lectures on it then we might have our small group sessions so what you do at Birmingham is you get M group each year so an M group is it I liken it most to a tutor group so there are around 15 students in each group and Birmingham is a big cohort as far as they go it's around 350 students so there are quite a lot of M groups and even now I'm finding people I'm like oh my god hello I've never met you before which is that's quite nice actually um always new people and so you're in your M groups and you have all of your smaller group sessions with them and your anatomy teaching. So you get to know them really well. So you have those and they're about an hour long. And if it's neurons and synapses, you normally have someone supervising it. So you get maybe a case or some of them you have pre-work to do, some of them you don't. And you kind of discuss it or you branch off and answer questions or it's an opportunity to just dissect some learning if you didn't quite catch it in the lecture is what I used it for most often and yeah I like the fact because we're there's the Institute of Biomedical Research right next door and then there's also the cancer there's Cancer Research UK lab based there so when we're doing our oncology module it was fantastic so we literally had people that were researching the future of what we were learning and I think that's a real privilege of studying at Birmingham is you we get taught by such incredible people and especially sometimes when the lectures feel very distant you're like okay I'm kind of losing the will here and then you have a small group teaching session and they say so guys this is where you're going to see this in a few years time it just brings it right back and I really like that. So you mentioned that with your M group you don't just have them for one small group teaching session you have them for other things as well like anatomy. How does that work at Birmingham? We have the same M group for all of the modules so you kind of with them every single day of the week you see them the whole semester and that's quite nice and then on that day as well you might have an anatomy session and you'd be learning the anatomy of the nervous system the brain etc 
So on the subject of anatomy then, is that prosection or dissection at Birmingham? So it's prosection and okay. I have to say compared to other people we've been talking to, you don't get that much time in the prosectorium being taught anatomy. I had two hours per semester, so I had four hours in total over my first year, four hours in total on my second year and bearing in mind that we do have a, a prosection spotter exam at the end of second year, so we had eight hours of teaching per, in a prosectorium. What? Yeah, so I think that might be why I found anatomy a little bit challenging, but I know I have to give them credit where credit's due. They are quite receptive to our feedback. So we said it's kind of not the most conducive way to learn anatomy, but we did have anatomage tables. I think now that hopefully for future years, I know they're bringing in virtual reality headsets and I think hopefully they'll be doing more time in the prosectorium, but I mean, you'd have to check on that. Yeah. But yeah, so it's prosection, but most of your teaching comes from being in, your smaller group teaching sessions and that's when they might bring in models you'd more like more have models so it's not necessarily okay. always prosected specimens in fact it's not it's very rarely those in the smaller group sessions but you could have like a video and worksheets to go through and i have to say i did find just the sheer volume of anatomy quite challenging but it's one of those things like the more you know the easier it gets so it sounds stupid but it's just context yeah you know certain things and then it, everything clicks and when you get that clicking moment everything's a lot easier so I think that's why, especially in first year, often people find it maybe challenging because you really go from nothing to 100. Definitely. OK, so you don't have PBL or CBL or anything like that at Birmingham. You just have your lectures and then small group teaching in your M groups to go over those. Yeah, I'd say the thing is those small group teach sessions can kind of be case based learning. So you might have had a case on a person with acromegaly and you talk about the treatment options and etc so I guess it is kind of case-based it's kind of problem learning but they just don't slap it with that label yeah okay well I quite like that it's kind of a variety then so you said that you have your M group for per semester so once you've finished with that M group for that semester you meet a brand new group of people so you have it for that semester and the second one sorry you have one M group per year and then you change for second year which I like to get to know new people but I guess that is quite a long time you're with the same group of people for even if you don't like people in your M group you know guys it's just life you're not going to like everyone you work with so you better start practicing earlier how to get on and just get the job done. With regards to your M group as well are you with them when you go to your clinical placements as well so in your like early placements? No so for the clinical contact what we have is we go to a GP every fortnight I think it's eight days in year one and eight days in year two where you go to a GP and when you're there that's with a different group of people entirely so it was between four and six students at each GP and go there and that's where you kind of learn your basics of taking history getting familiar with patients so it kind of starts off with just talking to them patients and observing the GP but that's only for like the first two days and the rest of it they're getting you in pairs you start off in pairs taking history with a patient and then you'll move on to doing it by yourself and I really enjoyed that part you can just have a great chat with patients while also kind of boosting your experience and it kind of links things together. Okay so do you only have GP experience in your preclinical placements then? You have one day in first year which is called like your hospital experience day where you go and with a fifth year and you just basically follow them around and then in second year we had a few days at the hospital we were going to be starting at in third year so it kind of like a bit of induction nice all righty instead of just going to these gp placements and sort of throwing you in to do it completely by yourself do you have any preparation sessions do you have like communication seminars or clinical skills 
teaching? I'd like to say we do, but we don't really. So a lot of the clinical skills stuff teaching happens at the GP. So they'll have like measuring blood pressure. And then they also have the arms to practice drawing blood in second year. And you do, like you learn ophthalmoscopy, all that jazz, looking in ears, those kind of exam. And they also teach you more of the examination skills because we do have kind of clinical skills rooms at the uni. But I think that's mainly more for older years to use there's no scheduled teaching in those rooms it's scheduled teaching by the gps what about in your actual clinical years how does that work in the actual clinical years they're great i love them so (laughs) you can get the one of the great things about birmingham is it's affiliated with something around 14 i think it's like 13 or 14 hospitals and even though some people let's say to me oh god kira it's such a large cohort they've actually got so much capacity for us that actually it's great and it means you get a lot of variety so within our three clinical years you can go between I think so in third year I was in two hospitals two big hospitals and they were almost poles apart because one of them I was in the city centre and one of them I was in Walsall which is kind of a 45 minute drive away and just the type of patients you're seeing is completely different so in the city centre one it was lots of homeless patients some drug users coming in that's not all of them at all. I'm, of course, just picking out the differences between hospitals. And also, the, there were a lot of younger patients in City Hospital, whereas on the Warsaw one, it was generally older patients, generally more chronic conditions, not as much of the acute stuff. So that's why I really like it. And you're there for, you have two placements in third year. And there's no such, like, it's not like you're on cardiology, then you're on this, then you're on that. It's kind of, you have your learning objectives you get assigned a ward and you can, it depends on your, how your hospitals do it really because it's very between hospitals, but we have clinical teaching fellows at Birmingham, which are fantastic. So they're kind of responsible for your learning on placement and they'll put on workshops for us. They'll often take us down and once a week with our CTS, we had bedside teaching and obviously they know what's coming up in, like not coming up in the exams, but they know our curriculum. They can take it more towards you and it's quite nice. Yeah. Awesome. So, I always see clinical placements as just like you're sort of just thrown onto the ward and I don't really know what exactly you do. Is it just that you follow a doctor or are you sort of left to your own devices and take your own histories and part patients and do your own examinations? What do you actually do? I think it depends on the person because to be honest, I feel like I'm quite confident on placement now. Maybe in the first few weeks I wasn't and like you kind of you see everyone around in their pairs and or threes, etc. But I personally don't really like being in a group bigger than like three maximum because A, for the patient, it's a bit overwhelming if you're asking them to like undress appropriately, of course, you've got consent, etc. with the chaperone. But it's just nicer. You can build a better relationship. It's more personal. And I feel like you can learn more as well. Whereas if you're in larger groups, everyone's kind of got different things they're looking for out of the session. So you can kind of go in groups onto the ward to start with. And then it's up to you. So sometimes you can do ward rounds which some of them are fantastic. So I found a great surgical registrar who was amazing and he would take the time to explain it. But the thing you've got to remember is medical students inherently make every clinical thing longer. So whether it's a ward round, generally it's a bit longer if they're having to explain stuff as they go to the medical students or even in clinics. So I guess I was always conscious that I didn't want to be a burden and just... That, that comes with preparing beforehand and not asking really ridiculous questions and it's also about getting the timing right as well but I found those helpful and it's just getting a balance of that and then just equally going onto the wards and taking a history and tend to do that in pairs so then someone can observe you 
um, and especially for clinical procedures I just walk in and say so you kind of get the feel of what what time would be good for the bloods because like by a certain time there's just not many to show you or cannulas so yeah are there any jobs I can help with and often they bite your hand off they say yes can you do a cannula on this one is fed this fed and I'm like yeah sure yeah and yeah and you learn the places in the hospital that are great for doing stuff so one day I did seven cannulas in like three hours I only missed one of them which I was proud about and I got it in second time so it's quite fun and you learn the hospital, you interact with different staff members. It's all about interpreting results, but you get out what you put in. So if you stay sat in the library all day, you're not going to get that clinical experience and practice taking histories. Yeah, and that's what you're on clinical placement for. You can go to a library in your own time. In your clinical placements, it's more about learning your clinical skills and how to interact with patients, I guess. Yeah. Oh, and surgery. It's fun when you go in surgery, especially if it depends on the surgeon as well and depends on the procedure, but you can scrub in sometimes. So I've scrubbed in on a couple of operations and there was a breast um, a breast surgeon who was really amazing and let me scrub in on a operation where he was doing a mastectomy, so removal of the breast. And I like he'd let me feel the lymph nodes so I could feel what cancerous one feels like in like actually inside um, and the patient had consented to me being there as well so and it was taking stuff out and explaining it to me it was just a really nice environment to learn stuff that I honestly would not have remembered in a lecture but now because I've been there I've visualized it I've seen it I think I can remember it a lot better yeah I'm not gonna lie I'm really looking forward to my clinical years now <laughs> yeah it's been a highlight so far for me Awesome. Okay, so we've talked a lot about being a medical student at Birmingham, but what about just general student life? It's a big city, is it good? This is a very big city and it's got great transport links. So pretty much whatever you want to do, you can find a way of doing it. So if you're into the nightlife, there's a nightclub on campus. Personally, that's not my cup of tea, but I know lots of people who it is and they can they can fit that in and medicine as well. There's lots of sports clubs. I think we've got one of the biggest med socks in the country, if not the biggest med sock in the country, purely because I think we've got such a large cohort. So there's lots of funding available for sport cl- sports clubs and med sock clubs and there's so many there's like new ones popping up each year and it's really great. And there's like curriculum and welfare committee so that their sole purpose is to liaise with the med school and students and make sure that they're doing best for us but in general you've got the bull ring which is great for shopping (laughs) so if you're a shopper you can you'll be happy there there's lots of restaurants um there's a little in sally oak so new food shopping's cheap which i love there's also a sainsbury's and an mns and a waitress if that takes your fancy There's a train station on campus, so literally a 30-second walk from the medical entrance is the train station, which then you get on that train, and it's a five-minute train into the city centre or a one-minute train into Selly Oak, and I'm not going to lie. Once when it was absolutely tipping it down, I got the train into uni. Even though it's a, a 15-minute walk, I just got the train in. <laughs> I love that. And there's beautiful canals. You can walk around countryside. Yeah, lots to do. So with that train then, can you get like a student train thingy? Well, it's like £1.80 return into the city centre. So it's really cheap to get in and out. Okay, sorted. Driving in Birmingham is a bit tricky, but I like to think of it as I'm a better driver because I've driven in Birmingham. Yeah, honestly, Birmingham, big cities just terrify me with driving. So good on you. Yeah, but the thing is, even if you don't have a car and stuff, because some of the placements, because we have so many hospitals, you can be placed in Worcester, Hereford, is as far as you can, and I'm saying these like, you know, where they are, because my geography is not good, and I didn't know where they are, so I'll explain, it's like, 
an hour away but if you're in Hereford they'll give you accommodation if you're in Worcester they don't but that's like a 40 minute thing but generally most people you'll know someone who has a car that can give you lifts yeah yeah it's just a good team effort isn't it okay well Kira I think it is time for the quick fire round are you ready I don't know (laughs) right number one what is the best thing about your medical school considering I ask these every single week I really should have thought of an answer. I think the best thing is the diversity, so the diversity of medical students I'm around, from all different international students, like people that are living at home, people that have come from all around, because we've got such a big cohort, you get, it's a real melting pot of all different cultures, and I love it. And the equally diversity of hospitals and conditions you see, like I said, city centre ones, more rural ones, massive tertiary centres like the QE with military medicine versus small leafy GPs in the middle of nowhere so you really do get to see pretty much everything and then equally like the diversity of people who are teaching us who might have like I said they'll just hop across from their research and just chat to us about it and I just love how varied it is. Awesome okay number two what is the hardest thing about your course? Well I'm going to be a bit repetitive and say what other lots of other guests have said and it's just the sheer volume of content and feeling overwhelmed. There's a lot of times I felt overwhelmed and that generally was when I kind of was struggling to keep on top of it but then as soon as I kind of twigged and I, I was preparing stuff two three weeks in advance so like I'd use my Christmas holidays some of it to just prepare all of the anatomy sheets for the coming semester because I just knew I wouldn't keep up otherwise so it's just about planning your time see what works for you because I didn't want to be in a flap at the end when I was supposed to be revising trying to collect everything and make sure I had everything which is making sure you're on top of it okay number three why did you choose your medical school I know this sucks because the open day has been virtual this year but I just went to the open day and I just loved the vibe of the place it was might help that it was a sunny day but for me personally I just felt really welcome. Some of the other open days I'd been to, people didn't even say hello or smile at me, whereas everyone here, they just said hello, they smiled at me, they were happy to talk to me about anything, and my, even, no question was too stupid, they'd answer it. And equally, it's great distance for me from home. It's like less than two hours away, which I found very valuable, especially in first and second year. It's important to think, even though you might not think you need to go home, you're independent, medicine can be really tough at times. So you don't want to be completely isolated from the support network. So that was another good thing for me. Yeah. Okay. Final question. What tips do you have for someone applying to the University of Birmingham? So my top tip is make good use of their website. So they've got a lot of information on there and they've even got an offer calculator. So you can pop in all your details or I say all your details it's not that dodgy it's like it's your <laughs> they don't want where you live they just want your grades your predicted UCAT score etc so if you take your mock averages or something like that and pop it in it'll, it'll tell you how lucky you are to get an offer and the interesting thing is it's new for the most recent years but they don't score your personal statement anymore you still have to have it and you have to it's your evidence as your commitment to medicine but they don't weight it so they from the website literally this is where I'm taking this from academic, 30% UCAT score and 25% contextual and that can be, you can have a look on their website for what they mean by that and I recommend if you're looking at doing it, don't just take our word for what we're saying on here, go and do a deep dive and you'll find out a lot more. But then when it comes to interview, I just say, it's MMI, first of all. I found everyone really lovely. The people on the day help it, like the admin staff were lovely, the receptionist was lovely. I felt very relaxed. 
but my top tip for MMIs is don't worry if you get something wrong. So I was in one of the stations and they were asking me, so is this dose correct? And I was like, yeah, this dose is correct. And they're like, okay, cool. And then I was like, they said, do you want to have a look again? And I was like, oh, okay, I'll have another look because you're telling me to. And I was like, yeah, yeah, I did the calculation. I was like, yeah, it's definitely correct. She's like, okay, do you want to have one last look? And I was like, I've definitely got this wrong. And then I, I saw what, where I, it was so embarrassing. And I saw where I was wrong and I was like, oh my goodness, do not give the patient that drug. Do not give them that amount, please. Don't kill this man. And I was like, I'm so sorry. And she was like, so if that happened in real life, how would you have dealt with making that mistake? So that's kind of how I did it. And I saved myself that way. And I still got in. So don't panic if you, it's just one station and out of all of them. Believe in yourself. You've got this. I mean, I don't know if many of you know this, but in my interview, they asked me to say the equation for photosynthesis and I said the equation for respiration. And then I realised that I'd, I'd done that and I just said, oh my goodness, I'm so sorry. I promise I'm not this stupid normally. <laughs> and it was fine afterwards and I still got in. So even if you make a mistake, it's it's not the end of the world. It's all about the recovery, as they say. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And like, you're not, hu- you're not human if you don't make the occasional mistake. But the bad thing to do is make a mistake and not not like apologize or try and rectify it you know yeah exactly but anyway i think that's that and that was actually not as bad as i thought it's it was fun we hope you enjoyed today's episode if you did find it helpful please do share this podcast with others who may also benefit make sure you hit subscribe to be notified when our next episode is released and leave us a review if you're enjoying the podcast and make sure to follow us on instagram at how to become a doctor with doctor spelled dr for exclusive quizzes behind the scenes content and to stay up to date with all things how to become a doctor don't forget to follow at MedicMentor 2 to learn more about other opportunities to enhance your application please do comment under the instagram posts for each episode if you've got any thoughts questions things you like things we could do differently and what you'd like us to talk about next because we obviously want to do everything we can to support you and let us know and we are very receptive that's all so take care guys have a good one bye